From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth Podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Thursday, October 5, 2023, a fresh new podcast. I'm Crash Connell. Mary Danielson is here, and it looks like we survived the uh, EAS test yesterday. Yes, yes. We're still alive. I know. Very you know, uneventful. Very uneventful. And I noticed, you know, it was cloudy and overcast. And as soon as it was done, the sun came out. So I don't know what kind of control this is. I'm kidding. Well, we're good. My tongue is in my cheek firmly planted. Just like our guest on Monday said. It's just a fear tactic. We're yeah, good. We're yeah, all alive. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Um, morning, everyone. My guest today is Usama Dakdok. And we're so happy to have him back. I know he's a very busy guy, but he's just got so much... Uh, knowledge to impart to us. Um, you know, the war on our kids uh, is not only in the arena of gender and lifestyle. Academically, as we're going to hear today, there is much more to the attacks on our children. It's a multifaceted front war that is equally destructive. And, um, you know, liberals and atheists want to keep the Bible out of schools. Um, but, you know, the reading of the Bible was the very reason schools were established when our republic was young. Here's a quote from Noah Webster considered the schoolmaster of the republic. He said that education is useless without the Bible. I mean, America, you know, the Bible was America's textbook in all fields early on in the republic here. If you look at the original primer used in America's very first schools, you'll see the Bible is the basis for everything that they learned. The scripture was the textbook for humans, and it is the textbook for us humans. So we're going to talk about lies in the textbooks with uh, Usama's unique perspective. Um, so we're going to open with a scripture, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to jump right in with both feet. First Timothy 2, 1 to 6. Therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, we lay down our lives afresh for you today and ask that you be strong in our weaknesses. We pray for opportunities to shine the light of truth to those that we know, those that we meet, our neighbors, that seeds would be planted in the hope that they might seek you with all their hearts. Lord, we lift up the suffering and hopeless in our midst. Help us to be sensitive to your leading and bold in our communications. Lord, you alone have the words of eternal life, and we need you. Lord, we need you every hour. I lift up Usama today and ask for your hand on his life, for refreshment and encouragement to do the work that you have given him to do. We pray for protection on him and his loved ones, for good health and endurance in Jesus' name. Today, like I said, we welcome back Usama Dakdok to the podcast. He is an author, speaker, and expert on Islam and travels throughout North America equipping Christians about Islam and, of course, bringing the gospel to Muslims. He's the author of The Generous Quran, the only truly accurate English translation of the Quran available today. And there are also many excellent resources on his ministry website. The ministry is called Straight Way of Grace. TheStraightWay.org. Usama, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth. 
And good morning to you and greetings to you and the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Once again, it is my joy to uh, be on your broadcast. Well, praise the Lord. I, I just want to open with um, a question for you about how you became aware of how Islam and Israel and Christianity are specifically presented to our children and grandchildren in their public school textbooks. How did, how did you start um, to understand how this has been going? Well, uh, believe it or not, uh, maybe a good uh, 10 years or so, I mean, this decision is coming up to service now because of the circumstances what the uh, uh, school boards are bringing to our attention in the last couple of years. But a good mm. eight, nine years ago, I uh, was uh, talking to some friends and they said, did you realize what the Muslims are teaching in our public school? And I said, Muslim teaching? Mm. You mean their teacher in our public school? No, here's what's written in the book. And uh, then that's when we decided to go ahead and uh, literally investigate all the major, major books. I'm not talking about simple publisher. I'm talking about top publishers, mm-hmm. which, uh, a big uh, company with uh, great influence on our public schools. There is not one school in America, I'm talking about public schools, who uh, will not have these books. And uh, I was shocked to my bone to see that uh, that is exactly what the Muslims are doing. And not only is they're teaching uh, lies about Islam and the things with this within their belief or their doctrine, but they actually teach our children lies about the Bible. As if there is not a Christian minister in America who can write our children a couple pages about the Bible or about Jesus or about Christianity or about Judaism or some of our history. No, we got the liberals, we got the gay and lesbian, we got the Muslims, we got the atheists and the agnostic to teach our children about Christian things and Islamic things. Some obviously Muslims will not allow, as we say again, Muslims will not allow a non-Muslim to write a sentence about Islam for our children. But we allow everybody to write everything they want to teach about Christianity and Judaism and the history of our beliefs to our children, and we have no objection. I have not, and I said again, I have not seen one person complain in the last three years since we start hearing people complaining in the school board meeting about uh, making our boys girls or girls boys or allowing the, the, the boys to compete with our girls in sports and all these things. You hear people complain. As a matter of fact, I've seen some Muslim people complain about uh, this is not acceptable in our school in America, but I have not yet. And I say it with assurance because unless somebody can prove me wrong, please prove me wrong, I have not yet seen a Christian minister in a suit or a tie I'm talking about those who are sharp in our churches, in our pulpits on Sunday morning, ever attended the school board meeting to stop mm. the Islamization of our children in our public school. Wow, what, that's a great challenge to all of us. Uh, and like you said, it's McGraw-Hill, Scott Forsman, Mifflin, all these are major, major... Big names. Yes, big, big names. names. Yep, and uh, are these textbooks in all states? Oh, yes, absolutely. All 50 states, including okay. the, those who call themselves conservative in okay. the, the Bible built uh, schools. I mean, literally, I have not seen one school in this country who stand against it or fight it. It seemed to me like uh, I feel like, like Elisha. I must say, I'm a prophet, but I feel mm-hmm. like I'm Elisha. I'm the only one <laughs> yeah. who hear uh, and speak about these, these troubling education system we have in America for at least eight, nine years. And it's not, it's not just history, it's social studies, geography, I mean, it, and it permeates all subjects. Sister, it has nothing to do, the books and the subject of the book have nothing to do with the life. They're okay. actually 
in, in putting these lies in every textbook they can, you can imagine, which have nothing to do with religion, which have nothing to do with history, because they lie and they say, well, that's culture. Well, that's social things. Well, that's, that's not. Mm-hmm. Islam is not culture. And the, by the way, the best way you can get rid of the, uh, the, the reality of how terrible and how evil Islam is is so, well, this is not actually Islam. This is just culture. That's what some Muslims do. No. We need to separate between Islam and culture because the wicked mm-hmm. things, the savage teaching and the ideology of Islam have nothing to do with culture because in the same community where you see Muslims do these evil things that Christians and the Jews and others do not do. Mm-hmm. Culture means everybody does it in the community. No. And it is founded in the Quran, the word of Allah, and it is founded in the command of Muhammad in the teaching of the Hadith. Therefore, it is Islam, not culture. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, and so what, what does, um, what does the Quran teach about lying? What did, what did Muhammad teach about lying? Because, you know, if you tell a lie big enough and often enough, people will see it as the truth. That's exactly what Joseph Goblet said. Uh, if you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe in it. And I say take the word people out and put our youth, our mm-hmm. children, because they do not really have the full understanding of the truth and the falsehood at the age of 16, 17, 18. And that's when they start brainwashing them. Uh, here's, what, uh, here's what Allah said in the Quran. For example, I'm going to give you a couple of verses from the Quran uh, to show you that uh, Islam is not what we think of it in America as a religion. In okay. Quran chapter 16, Quran chapter 16, verse 106, Allah said, Whoever becomes an infidel in Allah after he believes, Except one who ha- who was com- uh, uh, compelled, uh, forced uh, 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 against his will, you know, or for the circumstances, and his heart is secure in faith. But whoever opens his chest, he meant his heart or his belief, to the infidelity, the wrath of Allah will be on them, and they will have great torment. The Quran in sixteen one o six teach Muslim it is lawful to deny your faith. You cannot leave Islam with your free will. We'll kill you for that, which is, the, which is known to be in, uh, the punishment of apostasy. We see this in Sharia, Islamic law. We see it in the practice of Muhammad. But if you are compelled and your heart is secure in faith, you can easily, and it is lawfully, according to Quran 16.6, to deny that you're a Muslim. So a guy will come and he want to meet with this beautiful young lady, and uh, he want to marry her uh, because of he uh, is in, in, in love with her or because he is going to use her for what we call love jihad. He marry her to raise Muslim babies out of her. And he will tell her, I'm not a Muslim. I really don't care mm-hmm. about Islam. This is something to do with my family, blah, no. blah, blah. That's not me. And that's where you see majority of American nutcase girls will marry Muslim men because they lie to them and they say they're not Muslims and they don't care about Brexit Islam. That's exactly what Barack Hussein Obama did uh, to, uh, a few years ago when he ran for the office of the presidency. He mm-hmm. could not come to the American people seven years after September 11 and say that I'm a Muslim. He said, no, I'm a Christian. He denied he's a Muslim by saying he's a Christian. Wow. And sadly, American people believed his lie and uh, that's how Muslim uh, practice Islam. Now, the second verse, it's Quran chapter 2 and verse 225. Quran chapter 2 and verse 225. Allah will not hold you responsible for your mere utterance in an oath, but He will hold you responsible for that which your hearts gained, and Allah is forgiven for bearing. In simple words, 
The Quran teaches it is lawful for Muslims to lie when they swear, when they give an oath. And behold, now talk to the liberals of America, the wacko Democrats, and they will tell you, these are Muslim Americans. These are American Muslims. The statement or the phrase American Muslims or Muslim Americans is an oxymoron phrase. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's like say, that guy is a white black. Or this man is a Christian Muslim. Or mm. this guy is a rich poor. It mm. is oxymoron. It does not work. Mm-hmm. You cannot be a Muslim and be an American. But why do they say that? Because simply these Muslim people went to some court of law after answering a hundred question attest to become a citizen. And I did it myself a good 27 years ago, 28 years ago. And they raised their right hand and they say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic, which stand one nation under God and know the rest of the oath. Now, that oath means nothing to the Muslims if they did not mean it in their hearts. That is exactly what Allah said. It is lawful to lie when you give an oath. Imagine with me, the same Quran which teaches Muslims to lie in their oath is the same book which now our Muslim legislators are swearing on for office if they're running mm-hmm. as a Congress or a Senate or a mayor or a state, whatever positions they're running off. None of the 82 Muslim men who are right now serving in this government swear on the Bible or swear in any other book but the Quran, which gives them it's okay to lie when you give an oath. Wow. Let me remind you of a man by the name of Faisal Shahzad, who's about to put the greatest big bomb, the biggest bomb we can have, imagine, in uh, ground in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Times Square in, in, in America. And, and when he stood before the judge, and the judge lady asked him, his name is Pizza Shahzad, she said, don't you just give an oath to us last year and when you became a citizen? He said, yes, I said it, but I did not mean it. And boy, oh boy, nobody, I, right now you can go on your phone and look for Faisal Shahzad and say, I did not mean it. Search it, you'll find it. That is a statement set inside the court. Nobody talk about this in America. You know why? Because we wonder if the media will talk about it. Here's a Muslim man, became a citizen, became an American, and gave us his allegiance, but he did not mean it. How many other Muslims maybe are doing the same thing? And the media does not want to warn us Mm -hmm. about Muslims who are claiming to be American when in reality they are not American at all. Because simply, Allah in the Quran allows them to lie in their oath. That's incredible. And I remember when Obama was running for president, when he got it in the first time, and, and I said to myself, how can he not be a Muslim? And my husband and I said, what, you know, when I mean, we kind of threw up our hands, like, how, how can people not see this? So we knew that there was trouble ahead. And it reminds me of this uh, scripture in John eight forty four that Satan is a liar and the father of lies. Well, you know, there's the wisdom we need, right? That's all we need to know. I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that because here's what Muhammad taught the Muslim about lying. Are you ready for that? Okay. Uh, I love it when you meet with Muslim people will tell you, oh, in Islam, lies is forbidden. It's haram. It is a no-no. It's like any other sin. <laughs> but listen to what Muhammad said. That is a Sahih Muslim in Sahih Bukhari, which means the accurate saying of Muhammad. We know for sure that Muhammad said that. Muhammad said, it is lawful to lie only in three cases. A man to his wife that she will be pleased with him or at the time of war because war is deception or to make peace between people. He meant Muslim people. So mm-hmm. in Islam, it is not lawful to lie. It is sin to lie, except in three cases. You can lie to your wife, you can lie to your enemies, and you can lie to your friends. But besides that, you cannot lie. Wow. Wow. 
That is everybody, sister. That is everybody. Lies. People ask me, how do you know Muslims are lying? And I said, watch their lips. If their lips is moving, they are lying. Watch and read what they write. If they write Mm -hmm. something by ink on a paper, most likely it is a lie because that is the doctrine of Allah, Satan, who is the father of all lies. Well, that should be sobering for every American because other than anniversaries of 9-11, we don't hear anything um, which has to be alarming as it is, that, that we're not hearing but, anything. But, but sister, even, even when you talk about September 11th anniversary, we don't talk about Islam anymore. Mm, and in fact, when Obama came, he removed Islam and Muslims out of September 11th, and it's just some radicals. And as we were talking before, off-air, before we started this morning, now all conservatives, the MAGA group, are the terrorists, right. and the Muslims and everybody else are not. <laughs> so it is, it's sad. It's sad to see what's happened in America just 22 years after September 11th. Yes, it's sad, and it's going on in Europe and all over. And, and with our borders being open, it cannot ever get any better. That's you know, We can't uh, put the toothpaste back in the tube, as they say. Uh, Usama, you have a great list of 15 lies in the textbooks. It'd be, I don't know if we'll get to all of them, but we certainly want to jump in. And, <laughs> no, 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 no. And, <laughs> I promise you, I don't think we're going to cover the first two. If we can okay. cover the first two, it's America. <laughs> Actually, that is a study with roughly, roughly, we take four nights. If when I go speak mm, in churches and okay. people talk about that, four nights of two hours, that's eight hours wow. of study. How many hours do you have this morning? Yeah, right, right. We have one. And I love the first one, I think, is <laughs> the first one is really super important because it's lies about Israel and Jerusalem. And if I can add on to that, lies about the Holocaust, because I want to tell you, I had 12 years of parochial education in the Catholic school, and not one time, even in high school, did I ever even hear about the Holocaust or what happened. I knew nothing until I got out of school. Yeah. I had never heard of it. So where do you want to start with those lies about Israel? Well, Let's uh, let's look at lies about Jerusalem, okay. lies about Israel and Jerusalem, and uh, well, let's start with the uh, world history. Peterson uh, uh, of interaction, and that's McDougal Little in 2007. Notice the uh, years when they start putting these lies. All these lies came after September 11. Okay. All these lies come after like 2004, 2005, uh, 2000. That, that one here is 2007. On page 100 and uh, sorry, 1017. On page 1017. And I love it how when I go speak in churches, sometimes some ladies will come to me, Oh, Prophet Yusama, I'm glad you're talking about lies in our textbooks. And I say, why is that? Because I make sure when my children go to school that they will not, I'll catch all the lies for them. And I said, do you have time to read the books? Sure. And I said <laughs> to my mind, if that lady have time to read a book of a thousand beige, why in the world she even send her children to the public schools? Well, why not she just educate yeah. them at home? Yeah, no kidding. It doesn't. I mean, once in page 1017, here, the land called Palestine consists of Israel, the West Bank, and the Gaza Strip. Notice what they call it. They call the land Palestine. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Who said that the promised land, Israel, is Palestine? Who, who made it that way? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go. Let's move on. Uh, I'm going to give you the next line. All right, here we go. On... Uh, my computer is freezing a little bit, so I'm going to move to another computer for some reason. Okay. okay. Uh, Sometimes I, I have this problem. Where's my computer? That's why I got two, two computers open here mm-hmm. in case this happened. Here we go. Uh, on, uh, on people, places, and uh, that's uh, 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 another great publisher, 
on page uh, 300, by the way, that's 2005, okay. on page 384, it says, notice now, here is the, the good way to mix lies and truths together, and you, that's how you kill a rat, by the way. You kill a rat not by giving them poison, no, you give them good food, 99.4. Right. If you look at the greetings and any poison for uh, rats, 99.4, good food, corn, wheat, cheese. Yeah. But then you give them less than one point uh, a poison, and that's how you kill the rat. Yeah. So, uh, it says here on page 384, in the 60s BC, the Roman Empire conquered the region which they called Palestine. Well, there's a fact. The Romans conquered that property, that piece of land, in the 60s. BC, that's before Christ. But here's the question. Did they call that land Palestine in the 60s BC? No. Why? Because that land was not named Palestine until 150 A.D. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about 210 years difference, and that is the biggest lie. And you'll find out later why, if we can go a little bit in depth in our study today, to show you they are on purpose changing the dates to make the Palestinian exist in the promised land when mm-hmm. Jesus was born, which have nothing to do, or actually, you go a little bit earlier, when uh, uh, when uh, the Moses took the children of Israel out of Egypt to the promised land. Obviously, timeline to the media, uh, timeline to our wonderful uh, liberals and socialists and communists means nothing. Right. Neither even Muslims. Muslims do not know dates. <laughs> Moses was existed in this world 150, sorry, 1,500 years before Christ. King David was in the promised land roughly around 1,000 years before Christ. When the Jewish people went to the promised land, and I know it's called promised land, the Canaanites, the, Can- the, Can- the land of Canaan, uh, where the Amorites and other people were living there, I'm going to read you the names in a minute here, there were not one Palestinian in the promised land. And the Egyptian, Ramses the Great III, which is history, by the way, that's my own history, actually are the one who put the Palestinian into the promised land. And these were not the Arab Palestinian we're talking about today, mm-hmm. but we're talking about the Greece people, the the, the northern people. The, the Bible calls them Kaftor people or the Sea people. The northern people have nothing to do with the Arab. The Muslim Palestinians who live in the Promised Land right now, they did not exist in that land until 641 A.D. Mm-hmm. after Christ. But the Palestinians, the original Palestinians who have nothing to do with Arabs, were there roughly around 200, uh, uh, 200, 250 years after Moses went to the promised land. That put him roughly uh, uh, 300 years before King David became the king of Israel. And that's why we read in the Bible of David fighting Goliath and kill, which he was a Palestinian. But mm-hmm. that land was never named Palestine in 60 BC, as the textbook said here on B384, but it was named Palestine. 150 A.D. That is 210 years later. Okay, world history. 996. Listen to the lie here, uh, which is written by McGraw-Hell and uh, Glencoe in 2008 and page 996. Many Jews had Im- uh, immigrated to the, to the Palestinian mandate. Excuse me. The Jewish people... My, my immigrated to Palestine, believing it to be their promised land. Mm-hmm. Huh. Just in the head, yep. sisters and brothers and everybody who's listening to us right now, it is not reality. 
They did not go to their promised land, but they went to Palestine, and in their head, oh, it is our home. The Zionists wanted the land of ancient Israel to become their, uh, for the Jewish people. Excuse me. God Almighty gave it to the Jewish people. As a matter of fact, uh, when you go to the Quran, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be reading in a few minutes from the Quran here to you, and you go to the Bible, you find that Israel is the only piece of land in planet Earth with two deeds. One from the Quran and one from the Bible. And you cannot deny that. I don't care who's writing what in our textbooks. The Quran declared Israel is a promised land. The Bible said Israel is a promised land, except in the Quran there are a bunch of errors because Muhammad was ignorant of the reality of what is written in the Bible. Uh, I remember, uh, I'll give you a quick story here for the sake of time. I met with a, with a Muslim guy in uh, Oregon, uh, a good 15 years ago or so, uh, who hated Israel. And I said to him, why do you hate the Jewish people? Why do you hate Israel? He said, because they occupied our land. Excuse me, what? I said to him, occupy your land? He said, yes, Palestine. I said, I thought, I told him, I thought you're a Muslim. I've been sarcastic with him. I thought you're a Muslim. He said, yes, I'm a Muslim. I said, do you believe in the Quran? He said, sure, it is the perfect word of Allah. I said, maybe you have not read the Quran in your life. He said, no, I read it. I said, no, you didn't. He said, why? I said, because your Quran said that that land belonged to Moses and his people. It is not a Palestinian land in any way, shape, or form. He said, no, I challenge you. He said, I challenge you. Show me one verse in the Quran teach that. Okay, well, well, guess what? I got few verses to read for you. Quran chapter 5, beginning from verse 20. And when Moses said to his people, Oh, my people, remember the grace of Allah on you. When he made you prophets, when he made prophets among you, and that itself, sister, is a big error. Why? Because in Moses' days, there was no prophets in the children, among the children of Israel. Mm-hmm. And he made you kings, he said. Excuse me. How many kings exist in Israel in Moses' days? None. Why? Because God was the king of Israel until when they complained to mm-hmm. uh, Prophet Samuel, who is the last judge, and they said to him, we don't want God to be king over us. We want to have earthly king like everybody else. And that's when God gives them King Saul. But that is literally 500 years after Moses. Somehow, Muhammad did not know that. Anyway, continue with the story. And he gave you what he did not give any of the world. All my people, enter the holy land which, that's in verse 21, by the way, enter the holy land which Allah has prescribed for you, and do not turn away of, uh, on your backs, so you will be turned back losers. Allah said in the Quran to Moses to ask the children of Israel to enter the holy land. That is a wonderful statement, but it's a false statement. You know why? Because in Moses' days, it was not known to be holy land, but it was known to be the promised land. Mm. When did people call it holy land? After our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ came into the flesh, into this world. And the Christians call it holy land. So in Muhammad days, Christians call it holy land. But in Moses' days, it was never known by the name holy land. Uh, once again, we're talking about 2,000 uh, uh, years difference between uh, Muhammad days and, and Moses days, Muhammad did not know any difference. But anyway, listen to verse 22. They said, these are the Jewish people, Oh Moses, 
Surely in it are powerful people, and surely we will not enter it until they come out of it. So if they came out of it, so surely we will enter it. Nonsense whatsoever, because no, not, we, could, we could not read this anyway in the book of Exodus or in the following writings of Moses. And then in verse 23, two men among the fearers, Allah grace on them, said, enter the door. Enter on them the door. Excuse me, what door? Are we going inside a house? See, Allah Muhammad Jibreel did not know that the promised land is a huge land, not a small city with a gate and a door on it. Hmm. But listen to what Allah said. So when you enter, so surely we will be victorious. Continue. I'm going to skip a couple of verses. In verse 25, he said, that's Moses, my Lord. Surely I do not own anything except myself and my brother to separate between us and the transgressing people. Verse 26, he, that Allah said, so surely it will be forbidden for them 40 years, not forever, 40 years. They will be lost in the earth to do not grieve on the transgressing people. Usama, I gotta, I gotta, we have to take a break and I'm going to have you hold that thought because I, we all want to hear the rest of this uh, particular uh, lies in the textbook. We're talking about Israel. We're talking about we're talking with Usama Dakdok today about lies in the textbooks, and they are many. He's done extensive research on this, and um, parents need to wake up, and Americans need to wake up as to what is happening in this nation um, while we are sleeping. I guess I can I can freely say that now, and we are living in perilous times, times of violence, as in the days of Noah, as the Lord has warned us. Usama Dakdok, the Straight Way. Org. 15 lies in the textbooks. We've been warned we won't probably make it past the first couple, but um, I, I know that it'll be at least an eye-opening thing, and, and, and parents can and start to uh, look into that. So uh, come back. We'll be back in two minutes with more of Stand Up For The Truth. Feedback, questions, and topic suggestions are always appreciated. Email us at comments at standupforthetruth.com. Welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth. My name is Mary Danielson. We have Usama Doc Doc today, uh, thestraightway.org. And it's he's just a wealth of information, especially a great resource for parents who don't aren't aware of the other ways, the many myriad of ways that our children are being lied to in the public schools. And I'm going to read a passage for you, Genesis 15, 18 to 21, to lead into this next segment. And that says... On the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. So um, to whom was that land given, Usama? All this land was given to Abraham as God mm-hmm. promised Abraham in Genesis 15. But I, what, the name we did not see there is the Philistines. Do you see anything about Palestinians? Nope. Nope. Why? Because there was no Palestinians. So when the textbook said that the Jewish people immigrated to that to Palestine mm-hmm. and they thought they make it their homeland, that was a lie. Because when the Jewish people went to the Promised Land with the leadership of Moses, there was not any Palestinian period in the land. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, as I said, as I mentioned earlier, from the history of Egypt, from the history of Egypt, we know that Ramses III, Ramses III, which is was, was one of the top powerful military leader in Egypt, he was so strong. The Palestinians came from north, 
the, the, I'm talking about the, the Greek people. Hmm. I'm talking about the northern people. The Bible calls them Kaftor people. And I can give you the location in Ezekiel, in, 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 uh, in Amos. There are many different places the Bible talk about these people. They came to literally invade Egypt. What they did not realize that Egypt has the most strong, powerful king. And he fought them in the water, that is the Mediterranean Sea, and on shore when they came to our land. And then he literally subdued them so badly, he, like we say in Egypt, he made shish shishkabab out of them. They were so bad, then he felt sorry for them, and he settled them in five cities in the promised land under his supervision. And that's how the Palestinian came to exist in the promised land. And that was roughly 250, 260 years before King David. So yeah. not in the days of Moses, or for sure not in the days of Abraham, not in the days of Moses, they, uh, there was not any Palestinian in the land. And, and somebody will ask why. Why God did not give that land immediately on the spot uh, mm-hmm. to Abraham? Why uh, they, they, they have to go to Egypt and through Joseph and 400 years later come out of Egypt? Uh, if, you don't, if you don't mind, go to Genesis 15, Genesis 15, and uh, read to me uh, verses 13 to 16. I think that's very important to know. The grace of God and his patience on the original people of the land that he ordered Moses and Joshua later to annihilate them from the face of the earth, not because the God of the Bible is the same like Allah in the Quran, killing people and inherit the land. No, because the judgment for sin. So Genesis chapter 15 Verses 13 to 16. If you can read that passage, it will be awesome. All right, here we go. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them four hundred years. And also the nation whom they serve I will judge. Afterward they shall come out with great possessions. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation they will return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Ooh, I got it, sister. It was a punishment for their sin. Mm. The God of the Bible is the same. Mm-hmm. He's the Old Testament God. He's the New Testament God. He's the God of yesterday and today forever. He said to Adam and Eve, you, the day you eat from the tree, you surely die. You will die, die. Actually, in, the, in my Arabic language, which is perfect message in Hebrew, you'll die twice. Mm. Why is that? Mm. Not because they ate some fruit. Are you kidding me? I mean, the garden is loaded with trees and all this type of fruit. So what big deal ate the fruit? No. You break the law, you disobey God, you sin. The punishment of sin is death. That is the same God who brought the flood on earth to wipe all the people of the earth, the young and the old, the pregnant and the babies, everybody. Why? Because of their sins. Only Noah, his wife, three sons, Ham, Shem, Japheth, and three daughters-in-law, eight people were saved from the flood. It's the same God. Mm-hmm. who actually wipe up the five cities of Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sin. He is the same. So he punished these people, which we read their names, all the tithe people, as you call it in Arabic. Now, all these people who were wiped because of their sin, and their sin was not just because their sin was completed. Mm-hmm. It was in full. And by the way, it's the same God who punished the children of Israel, the Jewish people, for sinning against him. It doesn't matter what sin it is, mm-hmm. like even breaking the Sabbath. The judgment of God in the book of Exodus, if you break the Sabbath, chapter 32, I believe, if you break the Sabbath, you'll be put to death. Yeah. You just can't imagine collecting the manna on the Sabbath. It was a reject or, or disobedience to God's command. That's why he allows them to get twice as manna, twice as quail, 
on Friday for Friday and Saturday. And when some of them did that during the week, the food they collected to be safe to the following day stunk, they smelled bad and have, have worms in it. But the miracle is you can keep it only on Friday for Saturday, but you cannot keep it any other days of the week. Mm-hmm. This is how God literally put his laws in the scripture. You sin, you die. And that's why the promised land was taken out of all these people and was given to the children of Israel. Now, of course, the 40 days, the account we read on the Quran, is also in the book of Numbers, biblically accurate. Look, not like what Muhammad said, fully understood when he said two among men, two men among them. No, we know they are Caleb and Joshua. And that is in Numbers 14, verse 30. And we know in, in number 14, 34, the 40 days was a punishment for the, uh, the 40 years was a punishment for the 40 days which the spies have traveled throughout the land a year for every day because they disbelieve that God can give them the promised land. Uh, I wish I have time to go to Andrea, uh, Andrea articles, and she's a great, great theologian and historian, a uh, great woman, uh, and she talked about the Greeks, the original people. But by the way, if you go, I'm going to give you the location. We're not going to get there. If we cover everything I would like to cover today, that lie will take us a couple weeks. But here we go. <laughs> In Jeremiah chapter 47, verses 1 to 4, in Amos, chapter 9, verse 7. In Ezekiel, chapter 25, verses, uh, verse 16. And in Ezekiel, chapter 26, verse 17. And then finally, in Zephaniah, chapter 2, verse 5. We'll learn about the Caftor people. We'll learn about the people of the north. we know about the seas people. I'm going to give you a location again. If somebody would like to write okay. it down, mm-hmm. you can go back to the Bible, read them on your own later. Jeremiah 47, 1 to 4. Okay. Amos 9, 7. Okay. Ezekiel 25, 16 and 26, 17. And Zephaniah chapter 2 and verse 5. These are very important passages from which we learn about that the Cretion, the Cretion, the Caftor people in the uh, English language, uh, are the original Palestinian, not, not the Palestinian, the Muslim Arab, who invaded that land 641 A.D., mm-hmm. after Christ, after Muhammad died. And by the way, the cities which they live in, according to Zephaniah 2.5, is Gaza, Ashkelon, Ashdod. These are the same cities which we read about in the history of Egypt. And by the way, my pharaoh was my god at the time. Of course, not me, my ancestors. So we did not believe in Abraham or Moses or the God of the Bible, but we know the history of Egypt to be true. They don't lie to make the Jewish people look good. No, they were set in uh, by the by the uh, Pharaoh uh, Ramses III in Ashdod, Ashkelon, Gaza, Akron, and Gath. These yes. are the five cities which the Sea people were living there under the supervision of the Egyptians. Yeah, you history is- should be taught our children in public school, not this garbage lies. Muslims and others are yeah. putting in the textbooks to teach our children. Is that is that the same as the Philistines? I mean, where do the Philistines come in here? That's, that's the same word. The, Palestinian, okay. Philistines, yeah. it's, it's, okay. it's how you say it in English from Arabic. Yes. But okay. the original people, once again, the Philistines or the Palestinians, it's just how you say it in Arabic okay. or from the original language. There are two different people. There are the original people who came from the north, who are, the Bible calls them, as I give you the passages, go look at Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and all these places. You can read them there. 
The Bible calls them the northern people, the sea people, or, or the Kaftar people. Kaftar is a big island in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. They will resettle on the promised land by Ramses III, as it is historian to be true. By the way, here's a fact now. It's a shocking news. The Palestinians or Palestinians are Greek by the DNA. Wow. They actually went and dig graves for bones of people who were buried there before the Arab Palestinian went there to, to, inherit this, to, to, to literally invade that land, killing the Jews and the Christian and inherit that land 641 AD. And the DNA proven without any doubt that they are Greek people. Wow. They are not Arab Muslim whatsoever. As uh, we have archaeologists like Eric uh, Klein, uh, Klein uh, that's Eric, E-R-I-C-C-L-I-N-E, his last name, proven okay. from the DNA that they wow. are uh, the original people of the land. The Greeks, Greek people, or the people of the North, Europeans in general, not Arab from the South. Wow. I hope that covered this live, because to be honest with you, I wish I, wish I can have this as a stream, live stream where I show you slides and pictures and maps, blah, blah, blah. But we cannot do that, obviously, on the radio. Wow, I am learning a lot today. We are talking with Usama Dakdok about lies in the textbooks and getting a, a real uh, great dose of history here. And I think about, Usama, I have to think about the church today because there are a lot of liberal Christians who 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 call today's uh, Jews occupiers and terrorists and, oh, they seized more land after 1948. And, um, and, and you know why? And you know why? Why? Because they actually believe in this wicked doctrine. It's called the replacement theology. Yes. They no longer, Correct. they no longer, and I, I think we should spend a few minutes here if you don't mind. Sure, please they no do. Longer, they, no, they no longer understand that the God of the Bible is unchangeable. Mm-hmm. When God made a promise, he keeps his promise. And, and listen to this. Listen, I hope everybody is listening carefully. America will be destroyed from within. America will not be destroyed by Iran or by uh, some Saudi Muslim or by Russia or by China. No, 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 no. America will be destroyed from from within in America. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I believe God brought the Muslims to America for us to evangelize them, for us to teach them the truth about the gospel to lead them to Christ, and which is not to. But in the same time, in, in God's perfect time, because America under the liberals, like O Biden and the rest of the Democrats, will turn their back against Israel. Yep. The promise of God, my dear sister, is very clear. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And we have been blessed in this country, not because we're a godly nation, we, because we're not. We're not a Christian nation, we're not a godly nation. At least we're not for sure for now. Maybe we used to be in the past. But the truth is, we're blessed because we stand up with Israel, because God is going to fulfill His promise to Abraham, which was given literally 1,800 years before Christ. That's 3,800 years ago, almost 4,000 years ago. God told Abraham, I'll bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you. And I believe soon America is going to turn its back against Israel because we know from the end time Mm -hmm. prophecies that Israel will be alone. America will not support it. And when that day comes, listen carefully, my dear listeners, listen carefully, when that day comes, when we turn our back against Israel, it is not Mother Earth. It is not Mother Nature. It is Father God is going to bring His curse on this country. It's going to be hurricane, tornado, earthquake, flood. I mean, name it. It's going to be a chaos. If you think that the hurricane comes in Florida once in a while, and a little bit of fire in California or Arizona for a few, uh, uh, for a few days or a few weeks, 
imagine with me the entire country of the United States of America under the wrath of God, under the anger of God, as God will fulfill his promise to Abraham, I will curse America or anyone who will curse you, Abraham, who will curse mm-hmm. your descendant, Abraham. And that's when you see America is destroyed in no time whatsoever. Wow, wow. So go ahead, continue to teach lies about Israel to our children. They are a buyer, and they have no right to be in that land. Therefore, we need to stand up with the, with the Palestinian or Palestinian against Israel. You go ahead and do that and watch how the Lord are going to curse this country hmm. and are going to use the Muslim to destroy this country from within. Well, that'll preach you, Sama, and I absolutely agree with you 100%, and I'm so glad you said all that. And I'm thinking about Europe and the incredible influx of Muslims there. You know, Europe is responsible for killing 6 million Jews, and God doesn't change. He has a very long memory. And my my take has been that Europe is getting what they deserve. Do you have any thoughts on all the, the Muslim trouble in Europe? <laughs> I've been talking about the sister since I started this ministry, literally 22 uh, years ago. I, I started this ministry one year before September 11th. Wow. And I was telling the American people, the day is coming and Muslims are going to hurt this country. And people were laughing at me. Hmm. Less than a year, literally, less than a year, I was in school. And that's when September 11th took place. Now, I also said that Europe are going to pay for what they're doing. Since the 50s, uh, they're bringing Muslims to Europe after the World War II because they need their hand for work. Okay, that was good. Yeah, we need workers. Mm-hmm. They never thought about whom they are bringing to their country. They, are, they were actually bringing the judgment of God on Europe, because once again, Europe used to be a Christian country, mm-hmm. and they turned their back against God, so mm-hmm. they're going to lose the blessing of God. So the workers are supposed to be there, the Muslim, for five years, visa, or whatever time they have for them, and what they did not realize is that the workers went there, because they always loved to go there to invade that land, and then their cousins and their brothers and their sisters and then their children and then their grandchildren start taking over that country. And they did it in a smart way, not like it used to be in Spain years ago, uh, where the Spanish people were able to get rid of all the Muslims. Why? Because they're invading Europe in a better way, in a better method, which is, I'm going to marry your daughter, and my son is going to marry your granddaughter, and we're going to have your great-grandchildren out of our blood, the Muslim blood, and you will never be able to kick us out of your country. If right now the people of Europe decided to get rid of the Muslims, that means they have to get rid of their children and their grandchildren. This is impossible. That is the best way to invade Europe. And uh, just the last couple of years, the number of Muslim invaders are in a high rocket. I mean, literally, 260, 260% more this year than last year. I'm not talking about 26%. 260 Wow. That is not doubling their number in one mm. generation. That quadrupled their mm-hmm. number in one generation. Mm. Wow. And I believe it's too late for Europe. You cannot fix Europe. But the sad thing, which is eating my chest, which makes me so upset, is the media in America will not talk about the Muslim invasion to Europe. Imagine with me when I tell you 2% of the Muslim Pakistani and Bangladeshi are responsible for 84% of child rape in England. You go to court cases and you hear the names of Muslim rapists who was found guilty. 2% Muslim Pakistani and Bangladeshi are responsible for 84% of child rape. These are the cases which already gone in court and proven guilty without invisible doubt. And the media will not talk about it. You know why? Because I believe that is what's going to happen to America. And they don't want the American people to be alert about what Mm -hmm. the Muslims are doing in Europe. 
And I believe that is exactly what is coming to a city near you in the near future. Muslims who are coming to America through the open border or through the open system. I mean, literally, I can easily come out of Egypt to America as a Muslim refugee. But I could not come out of Egypt as a Christian refugee, not just Egypt the 57 Muslim countries. Liberals are bringing Muslims to America for a reason, because they know they are their future votes. And they will continue to do that until what's happening in Europe will be in America, and then it will be too late for wow. all the West. Wow. You know, and I, the media, of course, in this country is the liberal mouthpiece. There's a, there's a headline I saw yesterday from the New York Times, of course, and it said, Israeli textbooks are full of lies. Well, the New York Times isn't worth the paper it's uh, published on. But, you know, they're going to spin it the other direction and people are just going to eat that up. And, and, uh, I think that America is in deep, deep trouble in so many ways that, that Americans have no idea about. So, um, we have about nine minutes left, Usama. So where hey, do you want to go? The first lie. We're doing good. We're I think so too. I think so too. What, what would you like to, <laughs> what else would you like? Let me share quickly with you maybe a couple, a couple of lies and we cover it next time. If, if the Lord's willing, you will have me back. Yeah, absolutely. The proper use, the proper use of the name Palestine instead of Israel. That is all over our textbooks. Okay. Okay. In the world and its people, McGraw and, uh, Hell Glenko, 2005, pages 473, 509. Notice, I give you the name of the publisher, the year of the publishing, and the page number. If you want to know where exactly on the page, I can tell you. But here it is. It says, if Abraham moved to the land of Canaan, and notice carefully now, they put between brackets the word Palestine. So Palestine is explanation. What is the land of Canaan? Once again, that land was not named Palestine, not in Abraham's days, not in Moses' days, not in Jesus' days, but 150 years later. So, if Abraham moved to the land of Canaan, Palestine, he would be blessed. Why is he squeeze the word Palestine between brackets? It is deception. Now, mm-hmm. let's move on. How I'll show you how the textbooks evolve, like evolution evolve in our textbooks. Now, lies about Israel and the proper name of using of Palestine is also evolved. Uh, in uh, in uh, another book in McGraw Hill, 2006 is the following year, pages 45 to 48. Israelites formed a branch of Hebrew who settled in Palestine. They put the word Palestine, took it out from the bracket in 2005, and they made it the real kind, the real text, and then put between bracket modern day Israel. So Israelites formed a branch of Hebrew who settled in Palestine, between bracket modern-day Israel. Now, let me show you the next one. In the same book, in the same page, 247 on the same book, it says here, Abraham migrated to Palestine about 1850 BCE. According to the scriptures, some Hebrews migrated from Palestine to Egypt during the 18th century BCE. And by the way, they're getting rid of before Christ, but they put BCE because they want to get rid of the idea that Christ has anything to do with the breaking time before and after Christ. But notice here, the Palestinians were not in Abraham land when he went there. We read the names. We already asked you to read Genesis 15. We know for sure that there were not one Palestinian Mm -hmm. there. And when they left the promised land, and they come to Egypt. The 71 souls, the 71 men, we read about them in Genesis, 
when Jacob took his children and went to the prom- from left the promised land to Egypt when Joseph was in charge of Egypt. Uh, that is at the second year of the seven years of famine. They did not leave Palestine, but they left the land of Canaan to Egypt. Mm-hmm. That is what I say, changing the names. They are trying to destroy our children's mind by simply making them believe Palestine is the right name, when in reality, Israel is the right name. Or you can say the land of Canaan, because it was not called Israel until Moses and his descendants went to the promised land. But it was called the land of Canaan, or the land of all the Amorites people, which we mentioned in Genesis 15. Uh, I don't know how much time do we have, sister. Oh, we have about three minutes. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Let you talk for the next three minutes. I don't want to keep reading. But if you look in the textbooks in one book after another, you're going to always see Palestine is written instead of the promised land or instead of Israel or the state of Israel. And hopefully in the future, I would like to do about the problem between Israel and the Palestinian uh, in the three wars, uh, 67 and 48 48.67 and 73, because I believe, and today, we're going to bring it today. I want to talk to you about Hollywood, not Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood, the propaganda of the Muslims, uh, which actually they're using to brainwash all the Americans, not just our children in our public schools, but everyone mm-hmm. who watch CNN and NBC and, CNN and, and, and all these liberal and big media of this country, sadly, mm, wow. sadly. Wow. Uh, you know, and I think, um, I mean, I don't think the average listener or parent knows about the Islamic influences in the textbooks. I don't think they're aware. We hear Palestine, no. Palestine on the news all the time. We, people don't give it a thought. But here's the thing. I think there's, a, there's an article here, U.S. US textbook recalled for publication of maps deemed biased against Israel. And I know this is just one instance, but I think it's possible if people complain loud and long enough, because it says here McGraw-Hill, a major U.S. textbook publisher, announced the recall and planned destruction whether they did it or not, I don't know, of a political science book Mm -hmm. containing maps that are deemed inaccurate and anti-Israel. So whether or not they intended to destroy it or didn't uh, destroy it. But the the book features four maps of what is now Israel, Gaza, and the West Bank and says it shows Palestinian loss of land from 46 to 2000. So there's your spin already in those maps. Um, I, I guess I'm hopeful that, that parents might uh, say something about this. Um, is we that need, yeah, yeah, my people, your sister, the scripture is very clear. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Mm. And it's not our children. It is the parents who do not know. Yes. I mean, literally, in, in, in Halt and, uh, and Winston 2005-2030, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, a small town in ancient Palestine. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Here's mm. that's what they're saying mm-hmm. in, in page 565. In uh, world culture, Jesus, the founder of Christianity, was born in Palestine. They're actually making Jesus a Palestinian, not right, a Jew. Right, right. And I've heard that that Jesus, the liberals will say he was Palestinian. He, uh, he was Mary and Joseph were homeless, and there's all kinds of spin on that. Usama Dakdak, we are just uh, grateful for your research and your your insights and your wisdom, your Bible knowledge. Um, we need a lot more of you. Maybe you can clone yourself. But anyway, um, we're so thankful that you, you had time today to spend with us. We didn't even get to, obviously, evolution, the lies of the Genesis account. And that's that's one of the things that parents are thinking of when they're thinking of textbooks. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, pray for you, Sama, and for his ministry, um, straightway.org. Tomorrow, Todd Nettleton, Voice of the Martyrs. We're going to talk about the persecuted church. Uh, so there will be a lot to talk about. We're looking forward to catching up with him. 
Again, do your homework on all these things. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Have a great day on purpose.